RTHK, the news at one with Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. Wang Yi and Anthony Blinken discussed the entry of a Chinese unmanned airship into US airspace. Here, the government announces it's scrapping the cap on tickets sold for the high-speed rail line. And Housing Secretary Winnie Ho says there's no need for consultations on light public housing plots. Beijing has revealed that senior diplomat Wang Yi has spoken by telephone to U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken about the entry of a Chinese unmanned airship into U.S. airspace. The foreign ministry yesterday described the balloon, identified by U.S. authorities, as a civilian airship used for research, mainly meteorological purposes, that had been blown off its planned course. State media said Wang, who is director of the Office of the Central Foreign Affairs Commission, and Blinken had spoken in a calm and professional manner. The Pentagon, meanwhile, says it believes a craft sighted over an unspecified location in Latin America is also of Chinese origin. The government has announced it is scrapping the cap on tickets sold for the high-speed rail line from Monday, when the border fully reopens with the mainland. Currently, 30,000 tickets to and from the mainland can be sold each day. Writing on his blog, Transport Chief Lam Sai-hung said the decision came after reaching an agreement with mainland authorities. Culture Minister Kevin Young says it's hard to predict the number of tourists that will come to Hong Kong this year. He was speaking a day after authorities announced the full reopening of the border with the mainland, with no more limits to numbers of cross-border travellers. On a radio programme, Mr Young said there were likely to be new tourism trends after three years of the pandemic and that officials would closely monitor the situation. People have to plan before they go travelling, so even though we expect more travellers to come after the full reopening of the border, it will take some time. When some other countries relaxed COVID restrictions for tourists, it took them a year for the tourist numbers to reach 70% of the pre-pandemic level. Housing Secretary Winnie Ho has dismissed the need to hold consultations before picking plots for light public housing. The government recently announced that eight plots have been identified for the construction of 30,000 light public flats, but the plot in Kai Tak has received strong opposition from lawmakers and residents, who say the plan will hinder the area from being developed as a central business district. Speaking on an RTHK radio programme, Ms Ho said light public housing was a rescue boat for people living in poor housing, such as subdivided flats, and that the government had no time to hesitate. If we follow the normal procedures, with discussions and tabling it to the Legislative Council, it may take six to seven years' time before construction work can begin. It will take a long time and fail to reach the aim of providing flats within a short time. A 75-year-old male remand prisoner in custody in Sulam Psychiatric Centre has died in a public hospital. Officials said the man was suffering from rectal cancer. He was sent to hospital for treatment, but his condition worsened, and he was certified dead at 5.13pm yesterday. The case has been reported to the police, and an inquest will be held. The man had been remanded for allegedly trafficking in a dangerous drug in February 2020. The United States is to provide Ukraine with longer-range guided rockets as part of another package of military support worth some 2.2 billion US dollars. The package will include more air defense systems, anti-tank missiles and armored infantry vehicles and training. The Pentagon spokesman is General Patrick Ryder. As part of the USAI package, we will be providing uh, ground-launch small-diameter bombs to Ukraine. 
this gives them a longer range uh, capability, long range fires capability uh, that will enable them again to conduct operations in defense of their country uh, and to take back their sovereign territory uh, in Russian occupied areas. General Ryder would not be drawn on whether Ukraine might use the longer-range rockets to attack Russian-occupied Crimea, saying that how the Ukrainians chose to deploy the weapons was their decision. And now to the weather. It'll be cloudy with a few rain patches, cool this morning with a maximum temperature of about 19 degrees, moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore, and the outlook mainly cloudy with one or two rain patches tomorrow. The weather will be mild on Monday and Tuesday and it'll be misty in the mornings and at night. The current temperature at the observatory is 17 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 82%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. A study published in The Lancet has found that tailoring drug dosages to a patient's genetic profile can reduce serious side effects. The research was led by Leiden University in the Netherlands. The BBC's Anna Holligan reports from The Hague. Variations in our genetic information mean that we respond differently to medicines. To enable more tailored treatments, researchers developed a DNA medication pass that adjusts the dosage in line with the patient's genetic profile. Approximately 7,000 people from seven European countries were assessed over a range of medical specialities, including oncology, cardiology, psychiatry and general medicine. The Lancet study found that patients whose doses are adjusted according to their DNA experience 30% fewer serious side effects compared to those given a standard dose. A lead researcher, Professor Jan Gouchelar, said that at a cost of about 500 US dollars, such matching should be part of standard healthcare packages. Pope Francis has made an impassioned plea for an end to ethnic and tribal violence in South Sudan during a speech in the capital, Juba. The head of the Roman Catholic Church called on the country's leaders to make a new start. It's time to say no more of this without ifs or buts. No more bloodshed, no more conflicts, no more violence, no more destruction. It is time to build, lift the time of war behind and let a time of peace dawn. It is time to move from wars to deeds. The largely Christian country has been ravaged by conflict since it became independent 12 years ago. And the founder of Tesla, Elon Musk, has been cleared of fraud charges relating to a tweet proclaiming he was taking the car maker back into private ownership. Tesla's shareholders were seeking damages, claiming they had lost billions of dollars because of the social media post. The BBC's James Clayton reports. This was a case that was supposed to be difficult for Mr Musk to win. He'd already been fined $40 million by the Securities Exchange Commission for a post he tweeted in 2018 saying he had funding secured to take Tesla private. However, the deal never materialised and many investors lost money. They then sued Mr Musk for billions of dollars. However, a jury only took two hours to come to a verdict of not guilty. It means one of the richest people in the world will avoid having to pay eye-wateringly large damages. Shares in Tesla rose in after hours trading on news of the verdict. 
The Spanish-born fashion designer and perfume maker Paco Rabanne has died at the age of 88. He studied as an architect before making his name on the fashion scene in the 1960s. He drew from his background to create futuristic pieces out of plastic and metals. Here's a flavour of how it was reported at the time by British Pathé News. Convention was never a Rabanne strong point. Paper, rubber, raw leather and metal, these are the materials of which the current crop of mod modes are made. But they look good. Introducing the metal cape, a cast-iron way of keeping men at bay. Paco Rabanne certainly knows how to set trends. But if it rains, our colour prediction for the coming season is rust. In the late 1960s, Rabanne launched his first fragrance, Calandra, and perfumes quickly became pivotal to his branch. After a three-decade-long career, he retired in the late 90s, choosing to stay away from the public eye. The BBC's Lucy Denard looks back at his life. Paco Rabanne was born in February 1934 in the Basque region of northern Spain. His mother worked for the fashion house Balenciaga, and the young Rabanne was drawn to designing after moving to France as a refugee. He became known as an enfant terrible in the 1960s for using metal and paper to make clothes. He was disliked by traditional fabric couturiers like Coco Chanel. He broke new ground, played music at his fashion shows and used non-white models. His styles revealed more of women's bodies than they covered up. Brigitte Bardot was a fan and Jane Fonda modelled his futuristic outfits in the cult film Barbarella. He made eccentric statements on TV, wrote a book and even opened a fashion store in Moscow. Then he launched a fragrance in 1968. It was the first of many that still sell millions of bottles every year around the world. The BBC's Lucy Denard on the life of Paco Rabanne. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Wang Yi and Anthony Blinken discuss the entry of a Chinese unmanned airship into US airspace. Here, the government announced it's scrapping the cap on tickets sold for the high-speed rail line. And Housing Secretary Winnie Ho says there's no need for consultations on light public housing plots. That's all the news from RTHK. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3.
from 1992 television called Mr. Lee. R.I.P. Tom Verlaine. If you ever listen to my rock show, you'll know that's one of my favourite rock tunes of all time. Not from Marky Moon, 1992 was not Marky Moon, which I was listening to yesterday morning in the queue at the transport department. Uh, Marky Moon, one of the greatest albums of the 70s, no doubt about it. Such a sad loss. So good to me, I know, but I can't change Tried to tell you, but you look at me like maybe I 